0: This is the Canty and Carlin podcast.
1: It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM channel eighty on your smart speaker. I don't know. You got one guy here. Neither one of us is Canty nor Carlin. It's Gabe Neitzel of ESPN Milwaukee, ninety four point five FM. Uh, the, he, he's in the Midwest regional office. He's he's not even the assistant <laughs> to the to the regional manager. He is the regional manager. Uh, last week when I got to do this show I got to film with Courtney Cronin and Courtney dubbed herself the head of the Midwest Regional Office as well. So it's we're just we're continuing to cover everything east of the Mississippi there in terms of geographic uh geographic coverage like a good cell plan, you know? And you know what? Hey, we're also nights, right? We're after school hours. So it's like our old cell plans game.
2: Oh, yeah. And uh, by the way, I-, I will not challenge Courtney for, you know, the-, the-, the top position here in the Midwest. Like, I just, it's hers, man. Like, she is literally everywhere. Like, it, it-, it is 100% hers. I just, you know, slide in wherever she can't be. It's why are people afraid of Cronin? You know,
1: she's five nothing, hundred nothing. She's not intim She's not intimidating. She's feisty, man. She's, like, she seems feisty. Yeah, that's actually. I'm, uh, yeah, it's like arguing, not arguing, but going back and forth with her on the on the. It's like sticking your hand in a garbage disposal. It's you never know. You never know how many fingers you're you're getting back. Um, but Kanti Carlin on ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Randy Scott here at the Bristol office. All right, I've got the I've got the Eastern Time Zone covered here uh, with Gabe Neitzel there in in Milwaukee. Uh, Gabe working on his second show of the day. Um, you, you're with Chamura and uh, and Jen, our friend Jen Latta, right? In the mornings over there, oh, in Milwaukee. 100%.
2: percent. We've got everything covered. Aaron Rodgers. It is locked down here in Milwaukee. All Aaron Rodgers, all the time.
1: Well, okay, and that is where we're going to start. We're going to use this time. Tom Brady uh, retirement news, and I know it's like finally, right? Tom Brady's getting the attention that he deserves. Uh, but it, it is day two of of retirement watch for Tom Brady. Um, not a, you know, I'm a Raider fan, uh, so he fumbled in the snow. I'm never gonna get over it. But <laughs> but I can look at the man. Take away
2: one of those championships. He's only got <laughs> what? six now.
1: Oh no, no, I'm. Oh no, I'm so oh, far. Oh, the whole thing. Oh, dude, the whole I'm thing. Oh, Raider fan, I'm so far down the rabbit hole of like. Drew Bledsoe is going to get his job back if they lose that game, right? Oh. Because it was a Bob Kraft versus Bill Belichick. Belichick like Brady, Kraft like like the contract. or I felt he had to play the guy and Drew Bledsoe that he was paying all that money to. So if Brady goes one and done in the postseason and that dynasty never gets off with a Super Bowl, who's to say? Maybe Bledsoe gets his job back. I don't know. I, but that's, that's my own damage. Okay, that's my damage <laughs> as a Raider fan. But what I have been fascinated about is the outpouring of support from so many different walks of life like you've seen actors musicians weigh in you've seen obviously other football players other athletes other sports like there's just been this outpouring of support for a guy who already did this gabe he already retired he retired last year <laughs> and and now i think people people understand based on the year that he's had on and off the field how he looks on and off the field somebody described <laughs> somebody made a picture of him this year and how how different his face looks, and they said, "You know, Tom Brady looks like someone's trying to draw Kevin Bacon from memory, and I can't, <laughs> can't I can't see sh- it now. I can't. No, un- that ball's it. been wrong. Yeah, I it's, can't It's gonna it. be there forever. But for our purposes, okay, it's also there is such a ripple effect. He is the stone in the pond, and we're watching the waves that result from this because it's gonna resonate at the quarterback position in the National Football League. To be sure, it's also gonna resonate in terms of." I don't, there is a generational sort of uh, time capsule that Tom Brady was probably the last one that we get to put in, close the lid, and along with Ben Roethlisberger and Eli Manning and Phillip Rivers and maybe even Derek Jeter. Like, there's a whole era of superstar goat status athlete that we can file away. And I'm going to throw out the number here, the phone number, it's 888 729 3776 888, say ESPN. It got us thinking, Gabe, about the goats in recent memory. Okay, because to compare, you and I, I mean, you're in the land of Bart Starr, right? We're not going to compare Bart Starr to, to Tom Brady. But since 2000, the GOATs in sports and where Brady ranks in that. And we had three names, you can tell the people, three names right off the bat, gave that came to mind.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, the first three names that you think of are Tom Brady, LeBron James, and I think Tiger Woods. Like, those are the yeah. top three that everybody immediately flocks to when you start having this conversation.
1: Totally. Totally. And it, we're so we put together our top five lists, and that's what we're putting out the phone number for. We're chumming the waters. If you want to put out your top five with us, call the number. It's 888-729-3776. It was... Those three, just ordering those three was difficult because I think... I don't know. We can get it. We can get into it. But then cu- rounding out the five is going to be really interesting. There could be some some geographic uh, geographic bias here. But why don't we start at number five? Number five. Love it. Just, just call. Just call and answer. Gabe, why don't you start? We're going five to one. So number one being elite yep. tier, elite goat t- status, just the number one. So let's start at number five. Work our way up.
2: So this is so incredibly hard. And again, I want to make it perfectly clear. I'm not trying to disrespect anybody by saying they're the fifth greatest athlete I've watched since the year 2000. But this is where I put LeBron. And LeBron, to me, the the expectations that were placed on him for someone to, I don't know if he's exceeded the expectations, but the dude's about to become the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. And he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated as a junior in high school you know the, just yeah. the expectations that have been placed on him and for him to meet expectations every step of the way sure he doesn't catch Jordan in terms of championships but for him to be as good as he has been for as long as he's been with the expectations that have been there the entire time it's unbelievable
1: i i have lebron higher but i totally agree like you can't argue with the three that you threw out, right? Tiger, LeBron, mm-hmm. and Brady. So it's just a matter of of, uh, of of organizing them throughout the list. My number five is Alex Ovechkin. Uh, if you, Ooh. I felt like a hockey player had to be dominant here, and you're gonna make like, what about Sidney Crosby? At eh, like. I, I don't like you know it's Sidney Crosby's the Tom Brady for me of hockey. Like I'm I'm a Caps fan through and through. Sidney Crosby was drafted into the right situation. He was sent to Pittsburgh. Mario he lived at Mario Lemieux's house for however many years. I think the first Stanley Cup that they celebrated, like Sidney Crosby had a bedtime at Lemieux's house. Like he was he was not just a, a landlord, but he was also <laughs> like a caretaker or a caregiver. Um, so I'm going to put Ovechkin on there because of what he's done on an individual level as well. Now, if Ovi doesn't win the 2018 Stanley Cup, doesn't win the Conn Smythe Trophy, it's 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 Sidney Crosby. And, and listen, it might still be Sidney Crosby to so much of the country, but I'm going Ovechkin. He's marching toward Wayne Gretzky's all-time goals record. He has the Stanley Cup. He has the, the, the it, essentially the final MVP, right, with the Conn Smythe Trophy. He has 800... I want to make sure I get this number right. It's like 800... I shouldn't know this, but it changes every night because even at this age, he's sitting on 32 goals this year... In his career, it's 812. So he'll catch, if he stays healthy, and the tagline for him is Russian Machine Never Breaks, uh, eventually, since 2000, clearly, which is our parameter, since the year 2000 on, he's going to catch Wayne Gretzky. That is the great one. So this is just a great one post-2000. That's Alex Ovechkin. Let's go number four. Number four.
2: My number four, and look, you could have convinced me to go LeBron above this guy, but I have lost, and this probably says how much of a nerd I am, many hours potentially days just staring at this guy's baseball reference page, and that's Barry Bonds. I understand in the year 2000 Barry turned 35 uh-huh. and only played seven more years after that, but if ever you're gone to his baseball reference page and just stared at all the dark <laughs> black ink between the year 2000 and 2004, it is outrageous. <laughs> just outra- the dude walked 232 times in 2004. Like, 232. That's Aaron Judge had a pretty good year this last year, walked 111. Like double yeah. that, you don't even catch what Barry Bonds did in 2004. He won four consecutive MVPs, hit 73 home runs in 2001. The run that he had was so dominant in the early 2000s. That's why I put Barry Bonds at number four. Again, I just stare at this page and I go, I can't even fathom someone doing some of these things in baseball today.
1: I love the reference that it's such a great way because you speak that as someone who has spent time on baseball reference. When you talk about the dark ink, because that's when you led the league in a particular category. And I'm looking at Bonds' page right now. It's obscene. (laughs) But but, uh, but the number that I'm drawn to is 1986. That was his rookie year. So I'm not saying he wasn't effective after 2000, but I think the rules or the limitations that we're putting on this list, the rules for ourselves, I think that's why I go at number four, Albert Pujols, because his rookie year is 2001. And there's plenty of black ink on his as well, but his is all condensed this is so this is fascinating. His dark black ink is condensed in the first part of his career. For Bonds, mm-hmm. for Bonds, it's toward the back half of his career. You can draw your own conclusions as to why that's the case. <laughs> but I also look, though, to your point about walks, which in a way is battered discipline, in another way is a sign of respect from your opposition, from your peers.
2: They walked him multiple times with the bases loaded. <laughs> exactly. Like, ah, we don't want to face you. We'll just give up the run. The, uh,
1: that is, a, uh, yes, a tremendous point. But it, it, for Pujols, his best season is 115 walks. His best season was less than half of what Barry Bonds did in the year that you're referencing. But... Pujols is a member of the 700 Home Run Club. As far as we know, there have not been some of the same whispers or shouts of any performance-enhancing con, you know, concerns that, that have befallen Barry Bonds. He did get a World Series. He does have how many MVPs? Three MVPs, Rookie of the Year. I just feel like for consistency's sake and longevity's sake, and certainly production's sake, where that matters in baseball, perhaps more than other sports, compiling stats, I put Pujols at number four. Let's go number three. Number three.
2: My number three, this is where I put Tom Brady. And you'll kind of see why. Too many times I feel that athletes in team sports get credit for what it was a team accomplishment, and that's championships. Yeah, how many championships is Tom Brady winning without Adam Vinatieri having those clutch mm. kicks or guys making clutch catches? He didn't do them all himself, and that's not to say that, I mean, winning seven championships is a lot of championships to win, and especially get to the Super Bowl as many times as he did, and then to prove that he could do it out from the shadow of Bill Belichick and doing it down in Tampa Bay. It is wildly impressive, and the most impressive thing about Tom Brady is the longevity and really only the one major injury that he missed the, the season and then with, with the knee injury in the middle part of his career. But to be that good for that long, we've seen Hall of Fame players, like I think of Kurt Warner who yeah. just shoots up and, and all of a sudden he's a Super Bowl champ and then He's a backup for the Giants, and then somehow resurrects his career in Arizona. We've seen guys have ups and downs. He did not have those lulls throughout the course of the twenty-three years. He was just consistently good. Yeah. Like his floor was really good, the ceiling was great. And I've got Tom Brady again because it's a team sport thing, and that's just my personal thing. The way I look at this, I've got Tom Brady at three.
1: Yeah, I wish I had Brady as low as you do. I do. And I should. <laughs> with, for my own personal uh, <laughs> personal biases. Uh, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go LeBron at number. Number three, um, I'm a big Michael Jordan fan. Uh, the GOAT conversation is one that I take really seriously in basketball. I don't know why I do that in basketball more than in football and, and more than in baseball. But uh, LeBron is the greatest basketball player not named Michael Jordan. Yep. Um, the four titles – you you can you can quibble and say he had to go elsewhere to do it. Maybe that is part of why I have Brady ranked higher than than LeBron, is is Brady, you know, stuck it out, was in such a bad like for as 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 dire as people viewed Cleveland sports, and understandably so. Boston sports in the year 2000 2000, when Brady was drafted, just as bad. I mean, as cursed. It it was The Patriots were awful. I mean, I know they had Bledsoe. They were on the come up. They'd been in the Super Bowl in the the late 90s. But the Patriots had this losing tradition as well. And he comes in and changes the culture, changes the city. And then the Red Sox success follows and and on down the line. But I put put LeBron at number three. My son and I got to see him Saturday night in Boston. And I thought about it for a second because he asked me. My son asked all these questions. He's nine. He's like, Dad, yeah, when, uh, when do people usually retire? Because the guy behind us was heckling LeBron. You're old, LeBron. Your game's <laughs> receding like your hairline. And I turn, and this guy behind... Oh, it, it's never a physical specimen who's the one no, spouting all this no. stuff behind you. And I was just glad he wasn't being profane. And my son's like, Dad, when when is LeBron going to retire? I was like, man, I, I really don't know. And he, he goes, well, how old is he? And I was like, 38. And he goes, well, when do guys retire? I was like probably 35 in the NBA yeah. <laughs> and, he, and yep. as and as you this my son's looking up and it's the third quarter and LeBron's got 30 points you know like he's just he the, the he's a physical specimen the agility and the handle that he has for someone his size he really did change the point forward position he's magic johnson 2.0 and is just a machine when it comes to scoring and has embraced the icon status that he has. And to your point, when you had him at number five, it was way too low. But you had him at number five, and he did live up to billing. Like He and Bryce Harper were guys who, as teenagers, were on the cover of Sports Illustrated when that mattered. Yes. That was significant. Every week you were looking at that thing in your mailbox. And he more than delivered to be within a shouting distance right now. A couple games of taking down Kareem's all-time NBA scoring record. Are you serious? So I've got him at number three. Let's go to number two. Number two.
2: My number two, I've got two individual athletes here in the top two spots. And and that's where, because you've got no one else but to blame or take the credit than yourself. And the one athlete, I would say since the year 2000, that anytime I turned on their sport, just popped off the screen more than any other person was Serena Williams. Like watching Serena dominate that sport in tennis and really carry, especially in this country, You think that when, you know, early 2000s, Agassi, Sampras, and and the guys that had kind of carried the game, they're they're going away. And Serena's the one who carried the flag for American tennis for the better part of this past 20 years. Mm -hmm. Yes, I know Andy Roddick won one major in there. Serena won 23 singles majors. One while she was pregnant. And just when she's on the screen, man, she just looks different. You know, she's just it's such a fun athlete to watch when she's out there. And she was so incredibly dominant, so much better than the rest of her competition. I've got Serena at two.
1: That's a tremendous—I'm I'm, going to kick myself. That is a massive oversight on my part. I think it it speaks to maybe not—tennis is, isn't a huge part of my life. The way sure. the way hockey—the baseball, way the four majors are uh, here in the U.S. So we're at two. I think I have to put Brady here. I'm gonna. I'll slot Tom Brady at number two, and it really to me is a coin flip from two to one. But I know the way the guy that I have at number one changed culture, and I don't yep. know that Brady changed culture. Brady rode the wave of an ascending sport in terms of popularity. The NFL has grown by leaps and bounds since 2000 when Tom Brady was drafted. But to be that much of an oversight, like picture right now if Brock Purdy goes on to win six Super Bowls and marry a supermodel. He might already be married, but you know what I mean? To be that iconic, that's how unlikely it was in 2000. That's how low Tom Brady was drafted. That's how poorly thought of some of his physical attributes were at the combine. We've all seen the photos. We've all laughed at the dad bod at age you know, 22 when he was coming out. He's been so consistent in a sport where one play can end your career. Can ruin your quality of life moving forward. That's Tua Tonga right now. Like it, he has managed to stay healthy and he ascended at a time where you could hit the quarterback. Okay, he got he got drilled by the Bills. He got he got a, a hit that. It's, you look it up, Tom Brady Bills hit. Like he got destroyed in the early two thousands. popped right back up, won games, won titles. He was tough. He gets respect from his peers as a football player and not a prima donna quarterback. I'm not saying he didn't go on to become one, but. He was a football player's football player. And to have that level of success for that long over that period of time and come back from an ACL injury at a time where guys weren't doing that that quickly or effectively, forget about it. So I've got Tom Brady at the most important position in sports at number two. What about number one? Number one.
2: Number one. See, I'm glad. I think you're going to end up agreeing with me at number one. I was hoping my golf bias wasn't going to end up showing (laughs) big time here because Tiger Woods is the most dominant athlete that I've ever watched in my lifetime. Like he's just the most dominant athlete. He made golf cool. He made Nike started making golf clubs. Nike's like, oh, we have this athlete. He's so good. Maybe we should just make stuff for him. And they were able to carry golf manufacturing and make clubs for 15 years because of Tiger Woods. I just always think about 2001 and the Masters. It's the biggest golf tournament of the year. And there was no more pressure on Tiger. Then the 2001 Masters, he won the previous three majors. And what did he do? Oh, he just goes in and wins it to create a Tiger Slam and win four majors in a row. Mm-hmm. He closed out majors where he had leads 14 out of 15 times in his career. He had the ups and downs, obviously. Late 2000s has that one, but comes back and wins five tournaments in 2013. Has the back issues, comes back and wins the Masters in 2019. He is, to me, the most dominant athlete I've ever seen. I've got him at number one.
1: I don't know that to me. I think LeBron has him in terms of domination, but you're right. I mean, the, the Tiger Slam was something. It was inconceivable as a, as a young kid, and I wasn't young um, when he ascended. When We won the Masters. I was 15 years old the first time. Uh, but as a kid, you look at things. I remember looking. At maybe you had normal, uh, normal childhood. Maybe you played outside. I would look at like, <laughs> I would look at like the world almanac, right? And I would try to find cities that had one. Major titles around like at the same time. Like, did did any city ever hold all four major sports titles, or did any player ever hold X number of titles at the same time? I didn't care about tennis at the time. I didn't really care about golf. I was a kid, and you would try to see that, and it just didn't. It just didn't happen. You'd have to go back decades to like black and white footage and old newspaper reels and microfiche and everything else. Tom Brady brought all of that current again, or not Tom Brace, Tiger Woods, but at all current again, like he was that dominant in an era where everyone had the same equipment, everyone had the same access to weights and nutrition and everything else, and he was that far ahead of everyone else. And then once everyone else copied what he did to train and swing coaches and equipment and Nike balls and everything else, he stayed that dominant. So And he made golf cool, not just accessible, which is a significant feat in its own right to those who don't have the money because it is such an expensive sport, but he made it cool to do so. So that's why I have both on the course and off the course Tiger Woods at number one. That's That was a lot of fun. We went 5-1, to 1, 888-729-3776 is the number. You can tweet us as well. It's at ESPN Radio. Saw a lot of love for Serena in the mentions. Gabe, I'm glad you got her in there as well. We'll talk football when we come back and your calls on the GOAT Power Rankings. Plus, with Brady gone, could another Bay Area quarterback be heading home to lead the Niners? We'll talk about the chances of that happening after this from Indeed.
2: Running your own business requires a lot of running around. From bookkeeping to client meetings, you run it all. But by the time you need to hire, you've run out of energy. Luckily, with Indeed Instant Match, you immediately receive a shortlist of quality candidates whose resumes... On Indeed, match your job description the moment you sponsor a job. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Hiring can finally run smoothly with Indeed. To learn more, visit indeed.com/credit. Passion, drive, and patience—the formula for winning championships—is also
0: what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle
1: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: This is the Canty and Carlin podcast.
1: Yeah, what about the also rans You know, what about the members of the Final Four who are watching the Super Bowl along with the rest of us? It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, it's Sirius XM channel 80, and on your smart speaker. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. He's Gabe Neitzel, ESPN Milwaukee. Fame 94.5 FM uh, there in Wisconsin, the Midwest Bureau, right? These The regional manager, uh, the Michael Scott of the Central Time Zone. I'm Randy Scott. Oh, actually, you know, and that's my dad's name, too. No big deal. No big deal. Um, now that I think about it. I'm Randy Scott here in Bristol, Connecticut. You can see me. Wait, you just put that together? They did just put it together. But just but hearing it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's dad. Yeah, dad's Michael Scott. He's the OG Michael Scott. Um, I'm here in Bristol, Connecticut. You can see me on uh, on Sports Center AM, 7 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Thursday through Sunday. I'll be with uh, Gary Streisky tomorrow morning. And we're going to get to your calls in a moment. The GOAT, the top five GOAT in all sports, right? So GOAT's plural, I suppose. But the caveat. Since 2000, that's the qualifier. They were doing it in honor of Tom Brady's retirement. The entirety of his pro career is 2000 or later. So don't call it with Michael Jordan. And you're going to say, but Gabe cheated. He had Barry Bonds. I know. He's got to take that up with his sports god, okay? That's that's what Gabe decided. There Gabe... are four
2: MVPs post-2000, man. I don't know what you want from me.
1: <laughs> if Gabe Neitzel jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge too? You know? Probably that's should. What... I'm pretty cool.
2: <laughs> Spent a lot of time on baseball reference. He knew all the dark ink. That was so, And I knew it too.
1: And I guarantee there were other people out there who were like, yep, just nodding along in their cars. Just like, mm-hmm, that's right. All right, so the 49ers quarterback situation is we – pay off this also-rans tease. It is a fascinating one, Gabe, if only, from my perspective, for a guy who is an absolute, a head coach who is an absolute quarterback genius in Kyle Shanahan. What he was able to do with Brock Purdy. I mean, you can go back. What he was able to do with Matt Ryan. He made Matt Ryan an MVP. He staked Matt Ryan to a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl. Like, that... That's how good of a, of, a, of a system Kyle Shanahan runs. It's how well he tailors it to a quarterback's skills. But you have to have a quarterback and a healthy one on the roster. This is their situation. Jimmy Garoppolo coming off of an injury to his ankle of his own right. Free agent. You've got Brock Purdy's UCL injury. Won't be able to throw a football for, I believe, six months. Trey Lance, who you gave up so much to get. Three first-rounders and a third-round pick to get him in the 2021 NFL draft. Or do you go outside the building? So, I present all of that to you, Gabe, and I just say, I just say, solve it. How do you solve it for the Niners?
2: My guess is they ultimately go with Trey Lance because they did give up so much to go out and get him. And really, the only experience we got to see from him this year is playing in the rain on a sloppy soldier field in Chicago, a game that the 49ers lost. And then he gets hurt the very next week. Now, he did get injured the year before, so I don't know if there are going to be injury questions and if they want to know more about Trey Lance, but they just give up so many draft assets to move to that number two spot and get Trey Lance. I got to imagine they give him more than just a one game audition at some point. And the name that always is going to come up here, Because the 49ers have been in that NFC Championship game now the last two years. They've been knocking on the door. They've been trying to figure out that quarterback position since they went to the Super Bowl back in the 2019 season. The name that is going to keep coming up is Aaron Rodgers. And I just don't know if the Packers are, if they decide to trade Rodgers. If they get to that point where Rodgers is coming back, Rodgers doesn't want the Packers. The Packers don't want Rodgers and they decide to trade him much like Brett Favre back in 2008 I have a hard time imagining the Packers trading their future hall of famer to a team in their same conference
1: that that is the it's not just a team in the in the division it's not just a team because it's not but a team in the in the same conference it's a team that has stood in their way very yep. recently it, you know it, it is the it's the hill that they can't get over it's a mountain they can't climb as a franchise with Aaron Rodgers so you're going to trade your generational Future Hall of Famer to the team that regularly stands in your way. I it, I I can't see it, and I was I was willing very much, and I still am honestly, Gabe, to throw it at your feet and to just say you it, what you know resources what actual sources what rumblings grumblings what you know uh Ferris's sister's cousin you know like if you want to however you want to get into however you, like you want to shake the shake the the branches here and try to give us something that you've heard about Aaron Rodgers to San Francisco because I haven't seen it other than the fact that you know he's a native of that area like a native of California you know what i mean
2: yeah and he grew up a 49ers fan that comes up every time the packers end up playing the, the 49ers there's only one There's one vague scenario that I can figure out for this potentially working. Because if you're the Packers, chances are you want, and and you're going to get draft picks or just a pick. Whatever you end up getting in, in return, there are going to be draft picks involved. And you're going to want them for 2023. But if you've decided, if you're Brian Goodekunst in the Green Bay Packers, that you want to take that cap hit from Aaron Rodgers, and if you decide to trade him, it's a $40 million cap hit, dead cap hit for this upcoming season. But if you want to be able to spread that over out over two years, you have to trade him post-June 1st. That means no 2023 draft picks, which would actually fit the 49ers, because they don't have a first-round pick in 2023. They traded that away to go get Trey Lance. But they do have one in 2024. So if you are willing to get maybe a player, a pick or two for that 2024 draft and spread out the cap hit by doing it post-June 1st with the way that the salary cap rules work in the NFL, that's the only way I could potentially see this working. Because, oh, by the way, if you're a team acquiring Aaron Rodgers, you probably want him in there ASAP. But if you're Kyle Shanahan, you probably feel pretty confident that you're going to be able to get Aaron Rodgers up to speed because he's been running some variation of your offense under one of your former assistants in Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. I I want to
1: be clear here. It's it's not unfounded. There, there have been too many grumblings in years past, rather, I should say that, 100%. off-seasons past, about you know linking that area, that team, that coach in Kyle Shanahan to this particular quarterback, but you're right, the money just doesn't make sense right now. Let's hear from Kyle Shanahan addressing one of the quarterbacks, uh, rather, I guess the entirety of the position, I should say, uh, the team's approach to the quarterback room this off-season. I know we have two starters on our team right now that I believe we can win with. When you have that situation, you're not that eager to go looking around. It's unfortunate when quarterbacks get hurt, but yeah, you try to have three, sometimes you bring four into camp, but I don't think we're going to start having five or anything like that. So Brock did a pretty good job being durable all year, and they got his elbow in an unfortunate situation, which I think has happened to a number of quarterbacks. A good thing about Brock is that wasn't an issue. It was a freak accident that I think everyone saw what happened, and when you talk to the doctors, it takes three months to really get back to repairing. And building it up the right way, and in six months, he'll be the same guy. I wish you guys could see
0: Jimmy being back, and if so, what? What would that look?
1: Like? No, I don't see any scenario of that. So that was clear. And pay attention to that dismount again. Does not see a scenario where Jimmy Garoppolo returns to this team. So that makes me excited as a Raiders fan. And we'll get into that later in this show because we had our NFL Nation reporters on ESPN.com read the tea leaves and link up potential destinations to this crop of, uh, of NFL uh, potential free agent quarterbacks, Derek Carr among them. We're going to get your calls. We're going to get your calls. It's Gabe Neitzel, Randy Scott, in for the guys. Our GOAT Power Rankings in all sports, top five since the year 2000. The year 2000. Gabe Neitzel, Randy Scott on and Carlin on ESPN Radio.
0: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple.
1: and Carlin, the podcast. It's time to have some fun. We sort of set the table here at the top of the hour on Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and on your smart speaker. He's Gabe Neitzel of ESPN Milwaukee, 94.5 FM. I'm Randy Scott of SportsCenter AM. And occasional, you know, just occasional shows with the always intimidating Courtney Cronin here on ESPN Radio. But uh, we put out the top our top five goats in sports since 2000 it's in honor of of tom brady okay we're not comparing brady to roger staubach or bart or anybody like that just since 2000 and it's any sports all sports but top five goats and then we ch- so we chummed the waters gabe and look at look at the phone lines light up all right <laughs> 888-729-3776-888 say espn and we've got pretty much every possible way you can cover the name john on our list, we got John in Florida, Jonathan in Maine, and Johnny in Nevada. I, Johnny sounds like a good time. I want to start with Johnny in Nevada. You're on ESPN Radio. Hey, how's it going, guys? What's up, What's Johnny? Up, Johnny. So, so in two thousand, since two thousand, you have to put Floyd Mayweather as number one. He's never lost, ever. Mayweather. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and his, yeah, his peak, his his career, his ascension, all of it. I mean, God, making all that money. Has been since 2000. Okay, if you had to pick one boxer, we're going with Floyd Mayweather. That makes sense. How does that sit it, with you, Gabe?
2: Yeah, that, that makes sense. I guess, I mean, look, it, it, he didn't lose a fight, right? That that statement is factually, is factually correct. <laughs> My problem with Floyd, every single Floyd Mayweather fight felt the same. Like, mm-hmm. oh, guy would come out, get a couple of punches in. Now, oh, could Floyd actually lose? And then he kind of rights the ship. And he, he knew how to play the game and he, the art that is boxing, Floyd is the best at it. But you know, when you think of boxing, I think a lot of people want to see those knockouts. But that's not what Floyd was. He was a great defensive boxer. He could get his shots in from time to time. He knew how to play the game better than anybody else
1: that was it it's like you just said all of his fights all of his fights and when i think of a when i think of a mayweather fight i don't think of a lot of fighting i think of i think of how good he was at his style which was avoiding getting hit deli- and winning on cards you know what i mean he wasn't a knockout mm-hmm. artist and i'm also maybe because of that style of fighting i'm not as big of a mayweather fan to say nothing of how he is outside of the ring. But that's Johnny Nevada. And listen, if you're living in Nevada, you get these fights in your backyard. I could see being being a big boxing fan. Let's go to Jonathan. Jonathan in Maine, where well, you can't get there from here. Jonathan, you're on ESPN Radio.
0: Hey. Um, yes, as a huge auto racing fan, I would say that you would have to include either Jimmy Johnson or Lewis Hamilton on that list. They were both um, very dominant
1: in their sports. That's, yeah, motorsport. I mean, th- Yes, Jimmy Johnson is is the name since the year two thousand for NASCAR to be sure. Lewis Hamilton's, I you know he probably has a bit a bit of a more attainable target on his back, uh, just because of how dominant Verstappen has been. But I but in terms of establishing F one and sort of, I don't I don't know the drive that uh, that that the, the F1 drive show on Netflix happens without Hamilton's fame and without his iconic iconic status game. So I could see that. I could see Hamilton being on this list as well.
2: Yeah, when you start talking about th- that that show on Netflix that has really driven up viewership in this country in particular because they made it more accessible to everyone with that series on Netflix, yeah, Absolutely. Because one of the reasons why we put Tiger Woods, both of us put Tiger Woods at number one is because he transcended his sport. He got it out to more people. And if Lewis Hamilton's popularity then starts to draw more people in, granted through a little bit of different avenue, through a streaming television show, but that's but that's kind of the same idea where you're so popular the sport that you're participating in is almost secondary to your popularity.
1: Yeah, and we, we talked earlier about how Tom Brady Oversaw, He was not responsible for but he he rode the wave of the ascension and popularity of the National Football League. And in that same span, Jimmy Johnson, through no fault of his own, but Jimmy Johnson, like NASCAR is not as popular now as it was when Jimmy Johnson first got into a NASCAR. Does that make sense? It's not not his fault. It's just the status of the sport. Let's get to John in Florida. John in Florida, you're on ESPN Radio. All right,
0: last but not least for the Johns, Um, I'm going to give you uh, the best answer of the three of us. Um, it's definitely Michael Phelps. Because swimming, I know, doesn't get the respect of you know all these other sports, and it's not my favorite sport, but what the guy did was unbelievable is he his, his fallback, his issues with the law, his comeback when everybody written him off, he, wasn't gonna, he they didn't think he was going to win in Brazil, um, and they said that was basically it. They had Ryan Lockheed there um, who didn't even I don't yeah. think he guy even placed with, with Phelps, no. um, and Phelps got all those goals, and then he goes to London, which he's supposed to be over the hill competing against these young guys, and he dominates in London.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a great listen. It was only 5. And so I I'm a sucker for for pop music, I suppose. I stuck to the main sports, but you're right, these are tremendous additions to the list. More of your calls as well as more insight into what's going on in the quarterback situation with the 49ers. It's Gabe Natzel, Randy Scott, in for the guys. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio.
0: Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin Podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.